If we look to the end as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is. And uh, just a quick note, we are live this morning. It is eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. It is Thursday. It is the third morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2020. So regardless of what you may have just heard, this is not a pre-recorded program. We are live and we are loaded. Coming up on the program today in about a half an hour, we are going to talk with Ohio State Representative John Becker. John Becker introduced, along with three other co-signers, um, if you will, 12 articles of impeachment against Governor Mike DeWine. Nina Vitale is a part of that, so is Candace Keller. John Becker, though, he was the one who introduced the articles of impeachment and is asking uh, the Speaker of the Ohio House uh, to advance this so that he can get it into the uh, committee that he chairs, and then they can proceed with a vote to, well, first, of course, a lot of evidence would have to be introduced, uh, to get rid of Mike DeWine, to literally uh, remove him from office for refusing to uphold the rule of law and of the Constitution, for making the executive office, the executive branch, if you will, in the state of Ohio, more important, and really all controlling, rather than giving equal control to the other two branches as is required by the constitution the executive branch is no more important than the, than the judicial the judicial or legislative no excuse me i went out of order i wanted to say the executive branch is no more important than the legislature and the legislature no more important than the judicial and the judicial no more important than the executive you understand the the concept it's three branches of power that are equal in power and um mike dewine has cast the other two aside and so John Becker says, you've got to go. You won't listen to reason. You won't let some of the bills that we have passed, you won't sign them to uh, give us a say in what is going on in our state. Uh, you want to be a, a little dictator? Well, then we have to get rid of you. So John Becker will tell us all about the 12 articles and why he and they want to remove Mike DeWine from power and what the likelihood is that they could actually get this done. And also about the improbable uh, situation, some might have even said impossible prior to this, of Republicans trying to impeach a Republican. It just doesn't happen very often, uh, if ever. 
And so uh, John Becker will talk to us about that coming up at 9.35. At 10.10 this morning, Dr. Everett Piper will be in with a host of important issues on the federal scale, the national scale, uh, to talk about with us. And then at 10.35, Kurt Schlichter joins us to talk about what I want to start with right now. There is a movement in Georgia to destroy this country and the movement in Georgia to destroy America by giving one-party rule to the Democrats is bipartisan. Wait, what? You heard me. There is a movement in Georgia on behalf of both parties. That's what bipartisan means. Both parties are trying to destroy this country by giving unchecked single-party rule to the Democrats. As you know by now, the Democrats held on to the House narrowly, despite 14 seats being flipped from blue to red in the election. But they still hold the House. That means Nancy Pelosi is still in charge. Based on the way things look right now, Joe Biden is going to ascend to the Oval Office, so that means they've got that one. And as you know, it all comes down to the Senate. It will be a very slim Republican majority if David Perdue and Kelly Leffler, the Republican senators hold their seats, or it will be a very slim Democrat majority in the Senate if they do not. That makes the Georgia runoff elections for January 5th the most important elections in this uh, this country. That means more important even than the challenge being put forth right now by the Trump legal team to try to hold the White House. And so what am I talking about when I say both parties are trying to destroy this country by putting the Democrats in control of the Senate? Well, this is what I mean. Lynn Wood is a Georgia-based attorney. He is a power broker. Make no mistake about it. He has represented some very important people, and he has been, along with Sidney Powell, one of the two independent legal representatives of the Trump election campaign. I want to say that when I say, or I want to explain that when I say independent. They are not working for Donald Trump. They are not necessarily um, representing him as his official legal counsel. His official legal counsel is Rudy Giuliani, along with the team put together, including Jenna Ellis. But Linwood and Sidney Powell, as we know, are independent and are representing President Trump by way of representing the people. They believe that there was massive computer fraud involving the Dominion software, the uh, Smartmatic software, and then, of course, the uh, Hammer and the Scorecard, which we have covered ad nauseum with General Thomas McInerney and others. They believe that the election was stolen by way of computer fraud and changing votes. Okay, fine. That's their intention to prove that. It's going to be a a, a very difficult thing to do in the short period of time that they have, but that is their intention, and that's fine. What is not fine, however, is Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell and their ongoing. I told you about this when it was a brief moment in time about a week and a half ago, but it is an ongoing effort to try to save Trump's presidency by, by being willing to sacrifice the Senate. You follow that? Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell continue to encourage and urge Georgia Republicans to sit out 
and not vote for Leffler and Purdue in these all-important Senate races to give us one final firewall to stop the most extreme socialist agenda in the history of this republic from being implemented. Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood claim that they support Trump, but what they are technically doing now is opposing Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump is going to Georgia on Saturday to rally votes for Leffler and Purdue. So why would Sidney Powell and why would Lynn Wood, two attorneys who are fighting to prove electoral fraud to save Trump's presidency, contradict Trump on what to do in Georgia? Trump is telling Georgians to get out there and vote for Powell and Leffler to give us that Senate firewall. Powell and Wood are against that effort. Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood held a press conference in Georgia yesterday, and Powell told the crowd not to vote in the upcoming Senate runoff election. It's a direct contrast to what President Trump is saying. President Trump says, get out there and vote. Powell told the crowd, quote, I think I would encourage all Georgians to make it known that you will not vote until uh, vote at all until your vote is secure, and I mean that regardless of party. She is willing to sacrifice the country over her personal vendetta here in support of the president. Even the president doesn't want her doing that. Then there's Lynn Wood working in coordination with Powell. Linwood supposedly on behalf of conservatism, supposedly on behalf of Republicans, supposedly on behalf of President Trump, said to Georgia Republicans, quote, they have not earned your vote. Don't you give it to them. Why would you go back and vote in another rigged election, for God's sakes? sake? Fix it. you got to fix it. If they do not address voter fraud allegations, if Kelly Leffler and David Perdue do not do it, they have not earned your vote, don't you give it to them. Why would you go back and vote in another rigged election? He said again. In other words, Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood, the two power broker attorneys trying to prove election fraud to save Trump's presidency, are willing to sacrifice the country. They are working on behalf of the Democrats. They literally are doing the same thing the Democrats are doing, and that is saying, don't vote for Leffler and Powell, or Purdue, rather. Vote for Ossoff and Warnock, or don't vote at all. They're willing to sacrifice the country. Now, I said this was bipartisan. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean two things. Obviously, the Democrats are doing everything they can to lie, cheat, and steal to win those runoff elections in Georgia themselves. And here's an example of their lying, cheating, and stealing. Democrats are posing online as Republicans and sending messages to Republican voters saying, don't vote for Leffler and Purdue right in the name of Donald Trump. Wait, what? Yes. And not only online, but billboards are being erected in populous areas all across Georgia with pictures of David Perdue and Kelly Leffler and great big bold letters that say pursue slash Leffler didn't deliver for Trump. 
don't deliver for them. Don't vote for them. That's what these billboards say. Democrats are going online and pretending to be Republicans and saying, rather than vote for Leffler and Purdue, who wouldn't support Trump, write in the name of Donald Trump. Put Trump in the Senate. That's what they're doing. They're literally telling Republican voters in Georgia to put Donald Trump in the Senate, knowing full well that uh, writing in Donald Trump's name would invalidate, essentially, any chance that Purdue and Leffler have to beat Ossoff and Warnock and, and maintain our control of the Senate. Netflix producer Jake Rossman, far left, after all, it's Netflix, wrote on Twitter, let's keep Trump in Washington to keep an eye on that crook Biden and his dem cronies. Let's send him to the Senate in Georgia. Actor Daniel Newman, leftist from the uh, Walking Dead series, has tweeted dozens of times, urging conservatives to write in the name Trump, quote, vote Trump for Georgia Senate runoff. All my Republicans, remember, he's a Democrat, posing as a Republican, All my Republicans, let's stand with Trump. Don't abandon him. Make sure you write in his name, Trump, on the runoff's election ballot. The tweet featured a clip of a fake ballot with the Senate candidates' names crossed out and the word Trump written in. In other tweets, he has written, Write in Kanye West if you really hate Democrats. Or boycott election runoffs altogether to stand united. Biden cheated. Hashtag MAGA. So, my friends, what we have here is an unholy alliance between cheating, lying, stealing Democrats, and I repeat myself, that's redundant, all three, all four words, lying, cheating, or three words, uh, Democrats, stealing Democrats, I guess it is for anyway, uh, are, are all working to subvert the vote of Republicans in Georgia in order for the Democrats to take the Senate, and then they have Republican allies doing the same thing. Lynn Wood, supposedly a conservative supporter of the president. Sidney Powell, supposedly a conservative supporter of the president, are all telling Georgia Republicans not to vote. Sacrifice the Senate all in support of one man. I've got a newsflash. For all Trump train riders, all Trump supporters, of which I am one, no one man is bigger than the country. Donald Trump cannot be deemed to be more important than America. And even if Donald Trump has to lose, and even if it's by cheating the presidential election, We cannot sacrifice the country on his behalf. We have to maintain the Senate. It is not an option. This is an extraordinary development. I told you Lynn Wood tweeted something about a week and a half, almost two weeks ago, saying if the Georgia Republican Party won't do more to stand with Trump, let's not stand for them. Let's not vote for those Senate candidates. And I went, you know... Very, very impassioned comments about that um, for the obvious reasons that I'm sharing with you now. But I thought it was a passing tweet. Instead, it's a full-on movement on behalf of supposed conservative attorneys, Powell and Wood, to be willing to sacrifice the Senate and thus the country, thus the republic, thus capitalism, 
Thus, everything upon which this nation was, the Constitution, upon which this nation was founded, all of it being willing to be sacrificed. We've got a problem here, friends. You want to talk about it? 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. This is the authority on AM 1420, The Answer. So, I gave you two-thirds of the story. Supposed conservative attorneys Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell trying to sacrifice and sabotage the Georgia runoff elections. And then the Democrats posing as Republicans online and forming organizations that put billboards up all around Georgia trying to sabotage the election. Here's the third piece of the puzzle. The never-Trumpers, the ones that say they truly represent Republican Party politics, the never-Trump-Lincoln project, remember them? If you think they're just anti-Trump, you're fooling yourself, and you always have been. The Lincoln Project released an ad yesterday morning urging voters to give the Senate to Chuck Schumer and the Democrats by voting for Warnock and Ossoff over the Republicans, saying that these Republicans in Georgia must pay a price for previously supporting Trump. They are literally willing. Steve Schmidt, who works for the Lincoln Project, Project, said back in July, the analogy would be in the same way that fire purifies the forest. If it needs to be burned to the ground and fundamentally repudiated, every one of them should be voted out of office, talking about Republican senators, with the exception of Mitt Romney. Think about that. And that's what they're enacting right now. They're running ads to say voting for Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff will ensure that Americans can get COVID-19 under control and get people back to work and kids back to school, school quickly and safely. And that Georgians have an opportunity now to punish Republicans in the Senate for supporting Donald Trump. These are supposedly Republicans as part of the, quote, Lincoln Project. I'm telling you, we are getting ready to see the end of the republic. If this doesn't stop, that's why Kurt Schlichter, who's got a national voice, will be joining me at 1035 to talk about this. Stephen Broadview Heights wants to get on now. Hey, Steve, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, hi, Bob. Um, I respectfully kind of disagree with what you're saying, uh, and here's the reason. I'm a lifelong Republican. I'm a big Trump supporter. My wife and I went to his rallies. I'm really, we are super disappointed in the gutless Republicans, the establishment, who have not come out and supported Trump in his effort to uh, look at the votes and the integrity of the votes. Okay, I need, I need you to pick up the pace here, uh, Steve. Tell me yeah, why you okay. disagree with me about giving so the I Senate to the po- Democrats. I think, it's a, I think it's a power move to threaten the Republicans to say, if you don't come out and support Trump... We're not going to come out and support you. So Donald okay. Trump means more to you than the United States of America. <laughs> I you think, think right Trump now, is bigger than the Republic. You think Trump is bigger than the Republic, Steve? No, I do not. But I think right now, if it's not, if we don't find a way to get Trump in and to stop this type of election fraud, the Republic is lost anyways. Steve, I appreciate I appreciate your call, and I respect your point of view. Thank you for it. You could not be more wrong. The Republic can be saved even if Trump is not put it back into the Oval Office. They, but it can only be saved 
by the firewall that is the United States Senate. Any piece of trash that Nancy Pelosi passes out of the House, as far as their progressive Green New Deals, anti-fracking, higher taxes, re-regulate, all of the things that Biden and Nancy Pelosi want to do can be stopped by the Senate if we control it. The Republic cannot be saved if Chuck Schumer runs the Senate. Steve, I appreciate your points, and I thank you for supporting President Trump. I do, too. But you are literally condemning the republic to its end if we don't hold the Senate. We'll be right back. Okay, 935, we'll get back to the impending disaster in Georgia uh, in just a bit. But right now I want to focus on Ohio, and I want to focus specifically on Columbus. This is from the November 30th, so four days ago, edition of something called the Becker Report. Hey, so first off, uh, today finally the uh, articles of impeachment have been filed officially with the uh, clerk's office in Columbus, the Ohio House. And uh, I am asking Speaker Cup to refer those to the Federalism Committee to uh, begin uh, the impeachment hearings. I am the chairman of the Federalism Committee. So uh, with that, I can ensure uh, we'll have uh, probably, uh, I would envision, uh, two hearings. And then, um, you know, hopefully uh, vote it uh, out of committee. That's the equivalent of an indictment when you... The Becker Report is a video series that is hosted on YouTube by Ohio State Representative John Becker. And as you just heard, Mr. Becker, along with three of his Republican colleagues in the Ohio House, have filed 12 articles of impeachment to remove Governor Mike DeWine. Republican on Republican violence? Some might say so. Some might say, though, he's standing up for the people of this state. Joining us now to tell us all about this really, really important move is State Representative Becker. Uh, Representative Becker, good to have you back on our program. How are you, sir? Hey, doing well. Uh, Good morning. Appreciate the invitation to be back on. Well, this is pretty big stuff, pretty big news, and we need to get to, uh, you know, as much in-depth information on this as we can because, as you know... This is almost unprecedented. Usually, if there's an impeachment move at any level, state level or at the uh, federal level, it's one party against the executive in power. But in this case, you and three other Republicans have filed these articles against a fellow Republican, Mike DeWine. Uh, that is extraordinary. Can you speak to that as far as what it means to the Republican Party in our state? Well, as far as the, the history of it, there hasn't been any uh, impeachment uh, uh, even filed that I'm aware of or anybody's aware of since the 1800s, and those were against uh, judges. This is the first time it's ever been uh, filed against a, uh, a, a governor. But uh, regardless, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know how it uh, impacts the, the Republican Party, but, uh, you know, the problem is without regard to, you know, who is a member of what party, you know, the problem, of course, is that the governor has assumed uh, dictatorial powers. And uh, and in so doing, has caused a lot of damage to the economy and uh, and, and a lot of people's lives. And uh, you, you know, uh, you, we could, we could argue back and forth of whether his policies are good for Ohio or not. But regardless, his policies are set illegally. He doesn't have the authority as a governor to create law and then enforce that law. And as we uh, you know try to work with the governor and and kind of uh, rein in some of that power, he has simply stuck his uh, thumb in the eye of the general assembly each time. And uh, you know, there's a bill he's going to be uh, that we had vote that we passed um, uh, you know a week or two ago that he has promised to veto and that will uh, likely happen tomorrow so we're going to find out if we get the votes to override that veto so at least that'll be a step in the right direction if we're successful with the override 
Yeah, and you're right. You could probably argue about that stuff all day long. You're just not going to argue with me because nobody has been more critical in the media that I'm aware of than I have of Mike DeWine. As a matter of fact, uh, a lot of my listeners and I both were screaming, we need a recall, we need a recall, we need a recall when he started this back in the spring, what he's, what he's doing to the American pe- or the uh, uh, people of Ohio. But, of course, there is no recall provision in Ohio law in an Ohio elections. We cannot just go to the ballots and say we want him gone. The only way to get rid of him, as I told my listeners, is impeachment. I said that will never happen because the Republicans control the Ohio General Assembly. And yet here we are. We are ready to take that extraordinary step. So my question to you, Mr. Becker, now would be, is this, and understand this is really more of a covering all of our bases and, and devil's advocacy than anything else because I think Mike DeWine needs to go as well. But... That bill that you mentioned, uh, I'm assuming you're talking about Senate Bill 311 that uh, that did pass and is going to be vetoed by Mike DeWine. I have been told that it's very likely you do have the votes to override that veto and that if that happens, Mike DeWine's, you know, un- uh, unilateral power, if you will, will be limited by that bill. So wouldn't that be enough rather than going through with an impeachment? Oh, absolutely not. No, the the bill would just prevent him from uh, you know doing like a uh, a lockdown where he had uh, you know nearly twelve million people under house arrest. You know, it doesn't reverse his mask mandate. It doesn't reverse the the uh, uh, the, the uh, um, where he's got. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm missing the word here. The the school the, closures, the business business lockdowns. Yeah. Okay. Um. The Curfew. I'm sorry. Curfew is the word. I'm oh, the curfew for. in so place. The, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the curfews would s- still stay in place. And, and uh, I've got a bill, uh, House Bill 618, that's going to be heard uh, next week, and uh, for uh, I think a fourth hearing. And I've got some amendments to that bill that would address uh, the vaccines. It would say it, would, it could not be mandatory, and also it gets rid of the uh, mask mandate and uh, gets rid of um, all of these rules that he has put in place unless they are approved by the General Assembly. And that's the key. And, and and I'm glad you brought that up, Representative Becker, because this is what people, you know, uh, I, I think there's a lot of people who don't necessarily want to see an impeachment, or at least they didn't maybe in the early going of all of, all of this, but they just want to have our representation uh, to be considered, meaning the Assembly, you and, and the state senators, to speak for us and to say, hey, Governor DeWine, if you want to do something, you got to run it past us first. Let us vote on it, too, because we do represent the people. And that is something he has just steadfastly refused to do. And that's why I would argue in in your favor here that this move is necessary because he is going to continue to push back against anything that the the General Assembly wants to do to limit his powers. Well, yeah, we have a constitutional form of government uh, known as a uh, republic, you know, small r, Mm -hmm. republican uh, form of government. And, uh, you know, we're we're all elected to uh, serve the people. And, uh, you know, there's a process for uh, creating law, enforcing those laws, and adjudicating those laws, of which, uh, you know, the governor has, uh, you know, declared, uh, you know, himself an imperial uh, governor, and and above all those those, uh, rules and uh, and the correct process of doing things. And there's one little clause within the Ohio Revised Code that's, you know, within a larger sentence having to do with fluoroscopes, which are X-ray machines, and having to do with uh, radiation and the disposition of dead bodies and other sanitary issues. There's a little clause within all that that he's hanging his hat on to declare himself a king of Ohio and can just rule by decree and uh, force everybody to do whatever he says under penalty of 90 days in jail, $750 fine. All of this is ridiculous. And some of these mandates, you know, you can talk about masks, you can talk about, you know, some of these uh, curfews, 
we can argue whether they even have an effect. You know, so, you know, there's really no evidence that it does. And since the evidence isn't clear that it does have an effect, then, you know, should it really be in place under penalty of 90 days in jail, $750 fine? I'd say absolutely not. So you point out, Representative Becker, that if the articles of impeachment are introduced and passed out of committee and eventually uh, voted upon by the, the General Assembly, the, that the uh, impeachment cannot be vetoed, um, and it would require a majority to remove him from office of 50 votes in the House and two-thirds majority or 22 in the Senate to actually get rid of him. What is your feeling on whether or not you would have anything close to that? Well, the speaker has uh, stated that uh, he's not going to pursue the articles or allow them to be pursued. After I got the, you know, officially filed them, I did text him, you know, formally requesting that they get referred to the federalism committee. Uh, but that's entirely up to him. I am uh, scheduling a, uh, a meeting for uh, next week to uh, hear the uh, articles of impeachment, but that's pending referral, you know, which has to be done by the speaker. I'm not uh, confident that uh, he is going to do that, but uh, you know, I want uh, things to be in place for in case that does happen. It's going to require the demand of the people. So people need to, you know, who, who want to see uh, impeachment, they need to contact the speaker. Yeah, and, 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 you know, to be perfectly clear, I don't want to see impeachment. I would rather have cooperation. I wish the governor would just come off of his little, uh, you know, podium that he's at and, and say, okay, I want to work with you guys and not lord over you guys in order to best, uh, you know, uh, serve the people. Uh, and that's what he's not doing, and that's what I have a big problem with. I want to give you a little bit of his reaction, uh, Representative John Becker, to the impeachment asked yesterday at his, uh, uh, or excuse me, I think this was from Tuesday at his press conference. Stay on the articles of impeachment really quickly. Um, I'm just wondering, has the backlash from some members of the Ohio legislature regarding COVID restrictions had any effect on your decision making during the pandemic? And with these articles of impeachment being filed, do you see it having any effect moving forward? Thank you. No. No. Uh, Look, I mean, I don't want anyone to misunderstand that. Legislators um, are an equal branch of government, um, and I consult with them and I talk with them. Uh, I talked to a legislator right before I came on here. I'm going to talk to a couple more when I finish the press conference. So it doesn't mean that, you know, we don't consult, we don't talk. So in the governor's mind, Representative Becker, if he has a little chat with a few of you guys in the legislature, uh, that means it's a co-equal branch of government. You guys can talk. You just can't vote on anything limiting his power. Uh, and by the way, it should be noted, you can't see it on the radio because we're radio, but he was chuckling and laughing at the notion of impeachment when the reporter asked that question. How do you respond to that? Well, you know, he can laugh it off as uh, much as he wants, but, uh, you know, the people who aren't laughing are the business owners who have had to uh, close and lay off employees, and the employees uh, who have been, uh, you know, trying to uh, collect unemployment through the uh, system that has been uh, overwhelmed. None of those people are laughing at all. And, uh, you know, he certainly has his uh, supporters in the General Assembly, but, you know, this all started when, uh, you know, he was the one that assumed the dictatorial powers, and he canceled the election back in March. And then, you know, so, you know, we we passed uh, Senate 
Bill uh, 1, which he has uh, threatened to veto, and it's still in conference committee or awaiting conference committee over in the Senate. There was Senate Bill 55 that he did veto. He's probably, you know, that's still waiting in the Senate for an override vote. He's, he's uh, continued to threaten to veto anything that interferes with his power. And, uh, you know, when we did meet after he canceled the March election, you know, we, you know he had disenfranchised uh, millions of voters. So we had to actually change the law, and we did it unanimously to allow all of those voters to uh, to, to vote then, uh, you know, as absentee and give them an extra 30 days to get that done. So, you know, clearly we are, uh, you know, here to work with the governor to take care of the people of Ohio. It's the governor that just wants to have the dictatorial control, and that's what he's been doing, and obviously continues yeah. to intend to do. Yeah, I completely agree. We're talking with State Representative John Becker. Two more quick questions. One, you mentioned the sure. word vaccine before, and... Uh-huh. Um, and the notion of mandatory vaccination under uh, penalty of law uh, ordered by the government is just, of course, that's impossible to comprehend. It has never before happened. There's no way a government can require, or at least constitutionally should be able to require anyone to inject something into their body that changes their DNA, that affects them in such profound ways. Ways they don't even know, by the way, yet, the long-term effects. But what I want to ask you about is, is there anything you can do by way of legislation to stop businesses and service providers from denying service to people who don't show their papers, if you will. In other words, who don't prove that they, because this wouldn't be a governmental requirement, but, you know, businesses are, are, you know, in a position where they may be able to say, you can't ride a transit bus unless you have had the vaccine. You can't get on a plane. You can't be served in our restaurant unless you show evidence that you have been vaccinated against this virus. That's what I'm concerned about. From a legislative standpoint, is there anything that you could do? Well, that's a great question. The, the short answer is yes, but where you get into additional arguments or concerns with that is infringing on the uh, private sector. And uh, you know, we've had this debate with the uh, with the medical industry. You know, can can they? Uh, you know, can hospitals require you know their nurses and you know other uh, medical uh, practitioners there to uh, to to get vaccines? And that, that's been a raging debate in uh, Columbus. So, just, you know, as an extension from that, then we can talk about what you just brought up. You know, can can private businesses, you know, require you to have a uh, uh, a vaccine or or you know paperwork for a vaccine before you can go into their business? Well, under current law, uh, the answer is yes, but uh, we can change that. But I can tell you that would be a robust uh, debate. Uh, last question for you, and I'm glad to ha- I know there will be some people debating, debating on behalf of the people for that. And then the last question is going to be about uh, Senate Bill 311. I've talked to some people who have some people uh, close to you know the General Assembly where you work and who said that they truly believe that there will be enough to override if, uh, if and when uh, Mike DeWine vetoes Senate Bill 311. And um, uh, first of all, do you think that's the case? And then secondly, you kind of talked about, uh, well, that's still not going to undo the mask mandate and so on and so forth. But it will after 90 days, right? Then you, and correct me if I'm wrong, tell me how that works, you and your fellow legislators will be able to vote to remove uh, any orders or mandates that Mike DeWine had made prior to the Senate bill passing. Is that accurate? Well, uh, I don't think I would put it that way or word it that way. So my understanding is Senate Bill 311. So, uh, you know, assuming that we do override the, the, the veto, 
And the, uh, the, the Senate president, uh, Hoff, has uh, stated that he does have the votes and, and intends to do that override, which is very encouraging because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's been AWOL on Senate Bill 1 and, and Senate Bill uh, 55. But, you know, you know, so assuming that gets done, then uh, when we override that veto, if that's successful, then that change in law would occur in 90 days. So that doesn't, again, that doesn't impact, you know, vaccines or, or mass or curfews, but, you know, we can still do that under, you know, uh, you know, separate legislation. And, of course, uh, we'd have to have the supermajority to override the veto again. Right, understood. And and by the way, the 90 days, is that written in Ohio law that a bill like this that passes, whether it passes and is signed by the governor or passes, is vetoed and then overridden? Is is it in Ohio law that there has to be a 90-day wait? Why not, as soon as it's overridden, can the, the, the bill take effect? Uh, yes, that is the. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's the law or if it's actually in the Ohio Constitution, but regardless, it is routine that a bill takes 90 days before it goes into effect after it's assigned by the governor or after an override. Now, there are some exceptions with that. I think if it's a tax bill or a spending bill. So, for example, our, when we do the, the budget every year, I think parts of that budget go into effect immediately on, uh, you know, I guess it would be J- July 1st or whenever it's assigned into law. But, uh, yeah, so the, the only time we can. Uh, uh, get a bill to go into effect immediately that requires what's called an emergency clause. And that takes a supermajority of uh, 66 votes in, in the House. So we didn't have, um, I don't think we have 66 votes in the House, and clearly there's not enough votes in the Senate for the emergency clause, and that's why there's a 90-day delay. Okay, and if we could find that out, too, and I don't know if somebody on your team could find out if it's in the Ohio Constitution, because you said it's just routine that it's the way that it happens. I wonder if it is mandated as such by the Constitution uh, or not. Uh, but, Representative Becker, I appreciate you explaining everything in the lay of the land here. We've got a very serious situation on our hands, and we've got a governor, I think, who is mad with power, and somebody needs to check that power. That's what so many of us have been looking to you, and by you I mean the legislature, the General Assembly, for the last eight months for somebody to stand up to this uh, this power move by, made by the governor, and I'm glad that you guys are doing it. It is better late than never, and I appreciate that. Yeah, hey, my uh, chief of staff just confirmed it is in the Ohio Constitution. And, uh, uh, hey, I really appreciate you having me on the uh, program, and I'll look forward to it again in the future. Thank you for the clarification, and thank you for that. I appreciate it. Have a great day, right. sir. Have a great thank, thank you. Bye-bye. State, State Representative John Becker joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, it's going to be an uphill climb to remove Mike DeWine. But I wonder if just the impeachment process alone will give Mike DeWine pause and perhaps he will start considering what the legislature has to say more than he has in the last eight and a half months. All right, right back after this. Okay, it's 9.58, short segment here. By the way, just listen to this real quick. This is the mayor of Los Angeles. My message couldn't be simpler. It's time to hunker down. It's time to cancel everything. Do not think for one second that that cannot be and will be the governor of Ohio. If he isn't checked and his power isn't limited by the legislature or if he isn't removed from office, don't think for one second You can't hear in Mike DeWine's voice the words of Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles. My message couldn't be simpler. It's time to hunker down. It's time to cancel everything. He literally said that. Cancel everything. Cancel work. 
Cancel play, cancel entertainment, cancel going out, cancel leaving your bubble, cancel everything. Everybody just stay home forever. And by the way, the virus isn't going away. When you emerge from that bubble after destroying your life and the economy, you will still have to develop an immunity against the virus, which you cannot do in your bubble. Cancel everything. This is how bad it's gotten. This is what liberals do. Cancel everything says Eric Garcetti. T.J. in Cleveland. Go ahead, T.J., you're on the air. Yeah, you know, Bob, first of all, i got to say, I know the importance of this Senate election in Georgia, but I also know one thing. If I'm invited to a card game and I lose all my money, and then I find out I've been cheated because they were using marked X. Now, until I go to that card game again, I want to make sure this problem's corrected. And I think Linwood and Powell, what they're doing is putting pressure on these Republicans that run the state of Georgia to fix this problem before they send their people out again to be cheated. Because if they don't fix it, I don't care how many people come out and vote, the Democrats are going to manufacture enough votes to steal this election also. And I think that's what they're trying to do, put heat on this Republican establishment to do something. They're going to destroy the country, TJ. They're going to destroy the country. Linwood and Sidney Powell, for all of their good intentions, and maybe what you're saying is true, that their intentions are good to fix the election system in Georgia, blah, blah, blah. And thanks for the call, TJ. But they're going to end up giving the Senate to the Democrats. People have to understand. And by the way, if you think that Lynn Wood's intentions are pure, then you don't know his history because I didn't know it until I found out last night. Lynn Wood is a Democrat plant. Lynn Wood has donated to Democrats for decades, has voted for Democrats for decades, gave big money to Barack Obama, gave big money to David Perdue's opponent in the 2014 Senate race. Lynn Wood is a plant. So whatever their intentions are, understand we're giving the the control of the Senate to the Democrats and our country will never recover. Don't justify that, my friends. Do not justify that. 